podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Tuesday's episode of the Terra Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Joel Skid. Hello. And Robert Borthwick. Hello. Uh, I've got to apologise for this being a day late. If you're on Twitter, then you'll know exactly why. If you're not, then I'll, I'll fill you in right now. Because uh, we all... you're a disgrace. That's why. But to go into more detail. <laughs> <laughs> on, you knew that already. On uh, Saturday, uh, we all went to uh, Gary Cocker's wedding. We all... Not all of us. Oh, sorry, all for your fuss, yeah. not all for the... Wait, rub yeah. it in, like to Craig Telford and Craig Anderson, I'm sure they really appreciated that. Oh, God. Rifts within the group. <laughs> um, yeah, all three of us put it that way in. And uh, so, obviously, woke up on Sunday a little bit worse for wear. Uh, instead of letting my body recover, like an old human being would, uh, because I was partially because I was off on the Monday... I decided to go to the Hearts game and that involved having three pints beforehand and another six pints after the game. In fact, it might have been, now that I think, it was actually another seven. Mm, was, was it, wait, hang on. Yeah, I was in a group of five and we went over the round by one and I had, I, I, had another, I had another pint in the lot, but we had some ten pints. Well, the lad Bible would be proud, eh? <laughs> <laughs> ten pint filler. Lads, 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 lads. Jesus. Because I've been... Because I'd been out the night before, and because I'm a hard as fuck as well, <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even feel that drunk. But uh, my stomach was just in bits the next day, and it, not like not the bad way in terms of arse being in bits, because uh, I've got loads of emodium in the house. I could have just piled up on that and, and came in like a trooper. But the kind of s- stomach in bits where you just feel the entire day like you're going to be sick, but you don't actually ever need to be sick. You, you don't get the relief. You just get to feel shit for hours and hours and hours. Everything you eat. Uh, as soon as you take a bite and swallow, you're like, oh, yeah. uh, and you can't enjoy anything on TV because you'd feel, it was just, it was a, a disaster, a disaster from start to finish. And I'd work at 7am today, and uh, that meant that I'd just knackered all day of the day as well. So, it just, uh, the shambles of a man, it's now Tuesday night, I can tell that my voice still isn't perfect from Saturday as well. I've got two points. First one, I bet they're delighted to hear about, all, um, about your emodium in your stomach. <laughs> They, they, they're delighted the tennis is back. <laughs> and secondly, we should uh, wish Garrick and Julie, the Cockers, uh, congratulations. Meet the it Cockers. Was, it, was, it, was a, it was a fantastic day. It was. It was, it was very nice indeed. Do you know, I bet you there's somebody listening to this. Do you know what my favourite part was? I'm going to cut you off right okay. now. One of Gary's middle names is Harold. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot about that. Anyway. Um, and they used to support Lonnie Knight. So, listeners, uh, Gary Cocker, uh, the man who's famously said uh, relegated United at Downslow for the last two years, actually grew up a Dundee United fan. He was an Arab. Arab Gary. Arab Gary. He was a Dundee United fan for years. Years. So let's just say that right now. He changed the age nine or something? Nine, yeah, it was. I think uh, uh, relative to nine, I think he corrected him and said six. But we were going to go with nine. Yeah, yeah, let's go for nine. I think we were originally told 12 in the speech or something. Well, it's 12 then. (laughs) And then later on in the day, I was told 22. uh, (laughs) Let's go with 22. Let's go with the average. (laughs) 
which would be about what 15 or something let's go that he's still a Dundee United fan this is just a really long standing bit <laughs> I bet you there's people listening to this there'll be, there'll be a couple who are like oh I've never checked out the tennis before I've checked that in suddenly they're already three and a half minutes or nearly four minutes in uh, and they're like, no, nah, I'm never listening to this uh, again. This, this podcast is... has already turned off. It's already been deleted. They're already sending a tweet going, "Why the fuck did anybody tell me to listen to that? What a lot of shite!" And they're going to a, a new Scottish football podcast that's starting up. Oh yeah, yeah, because you need to check out the totally football show, Scotland, Scottish football style. Yeah, that's definitely that's good. definitely what it's called. <laughs> right, let's get to. Scottish Premiership preview, we'll do as we do every season, 12 questions, one on each team in the top flight, uh, we usually spend three minutes on each but we're actually going to be chopping the length of shows uh, this season because we often go over an hour and uh, I think as, Joel, you're a keen podcast listener, I'm, I'm a keen podcast listener, if you ever see a show that's over an hour, kind of puts you off a little. It does, it does, I think any anything... Um Anything but below an hour. I think I always think forty-five minutes. I don't know if it just kind of fits in with my commute, but forty-five minutes is a good length. Yeah, good length for a podcast. Yeah, I've no, I've no doubt that uh, we'll we'll fail to adhere to this. Yeah, because we're running on five minutes. We're not mention a fucking thing. But it, it means it means by aiming for forty-five, we're at least below an hour. <laughs> yeah. So let's get to it. Yeah. Question one. So we'll just run through the teams in alphabetical order. Yeah. So the first one's Aberdeen. Does having a fit Niall McGinn mean Aberdeen are a better team on day one of the 2019-18-19 season than the 2017-18 season? Originally, I was going to go for no, uh, simply because the start of last season... I, I, I think we're judging it from our views from the start of last season, that when we looked at the, the, the squad list and seen that they had kind of Gary Sky Stephen, uh, Greg Stewart... Um, Not necessarily, because you, you, you now have that knowledge of... You know, we have the ability of hindsight and say that we were... Well, yous were wrong about the team. I okay. I did put in some... I said they recruited a lot better than I thought, but I didn't get how the pieces all fitted together. And I let think forget, let's, let's forget that whole point. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I just... I had a feeling that McGinn hadn't been as consistent as he had been earlier in his career. And Johnny Hayes has kind of overtaken him in the important stakes for mm-hmm. uh, Aberdeen, certainly in the, the creative and the, the, white, uh, the white department. And... McGinn is like something just crossed, uh, crossing. He was just, it was going back and forth a bit too much. But then I uh, had we look at his uh, kind of stats, and the season before he left, he hit 10, 10 goals, mm-hmm. I think ten league goals. Um, so if they can get McGinn, the one that left before, uh, before up and running, then probably. And it's the fact that uh, I watched him against Burnley, and they looked, they looked pretty good. I'm going to go ahead and say no, just because I think that they're still lacking on a forward who scores goals. Adam Rooney going, similar to you, Joel, I'm not Rooney's hugest fan, especially in his last couple of years. I thought, weirdly, for a guy, a forward, experienced forward, getting older, I thought his game outside the penalty area got worse as opposed to getting better. And But at the same time, they're still going to miss the fact that he was somebody who could chip in, still scored like a hat-trick against somebody last season. Can have these moments where he just he makes himself. Yes, six league goals. Was, but, know, but he wasn't him. great. He wasn't yeah. great. But still having that kind of option off the bench is something they're going to miss when it's Stevie May and Sam Cosgrove at the moment. Also, Kenny McLean as well is a huge miss. Ferguson Fler- mm-hmm. looked good against Burnley. Uh, I quite like the look of not Gleason. Forrester, Chris Forrester. Yeah, Forrester. Um, I'm not sure of that. So I'm not sure about the. Yeah, but we don't, yeah, yeah. What I was going to say, we don't know enough about them. We know that Kenny McLean, although he wasn't. Hugely great in the first part of the season. He was still decent enough, just not by his standards. Mm. Second half of the season he was brilliant, and they're, they're going to miss that. So all in all, I would say no. But 
if these new signings do well and if they can get a forward who can score, it doesn't necessarily have to be a guy that starts, like I just kind of rotate it, but just somebody off the bench or somebody who can start the occasional game who can give them that, and I say they can be a better team. But when you talk about um, goals, you think McGinn is liable. If, again, he's, he's a fully fit McGinn, he's liable for double figures. Right, Robert, you don't get to answer that because we've, we've talked about that too much. I was going to say, right, that's fine. I don't think they will be as good. Right, yeah. good. There you go. Right, so we'll move on. Is treble is a triple treble realistic for Celtic and where would it sit as an achievement, Rob? Yes, it is achievable. Um, very, very much so. I think the... It has to be. They're still well, I, clearly the best team in the league. Like, light years. Light years ahead of the rest. They are still. And, um, you know, they've got Odson, obviously, as a, as a full-time Celt now. And he's just going to go from strength to strength. I mean, it's you look at it and they are able to spend £9 million on a young guy. And that's just sort of a microcosm of why that's very, very much within their reach that they can do the triple treble. Um, I think they will as well, unfortunately. Um, I, just, I just don't see them relenting. I think it'll be the same as last season. Uh, they'll slip up a couple of times, they'll lose a few games. You know, it might even just sort of go like, what, did they lose three games last year or something in the league, four games? They might lose six games this year. It doesn't matter. It's still more than enough to win the league. And I think in cup competitions as well, Celtic just know that they have the beating of most of the teams in that league. It's going to take a red card in the game or something like that, a massive slip-up or, you know, a complete anomaly like Hearts beating them 4-0, for example, for that to stop mm-hmm. them. Um, and as an achievement, it will be massive, obviously. And double treble is a, mass, uh, a massive thing. The treble itself is a massive thing. This will be huge, unprecedented, completely unprecedented. But it is caveated with their spending power and everything like that, as we've said yeah. since, you know, day X. So. What I would say, I, I would take exception when you said if they're similar to like they were last season. Because last season they were quite good at, you know, having these kind of poor games in the league and then kind of still managing to do it in the Cups. So they, they didn't have one of those slip-ups that they, they had quite a few. Um, well, they only lost, still lost only three games, I think. But they, they had a few more draws and it wasn't wasn't a great season for them in, in terms of the league, in terms of what we've been expecting from this team. Yeah. And if they continue in that kind of vein of maybe not taking a lot of domestic games seriously, then I think it will spoil over the Cups and I think they will lose one of them. However, previously... They had a season, I think it was Lennon's first season uh, after Rangers were, um, you know, demoted, started again, pick your choice. Um, I said in the article day they were elected back into the SFL and uh, some of the Celtic family straight to the comments they weren't uh, they weren't elected they were uh, some other oh, for God's sake well just uh, it's okay but, Celtic fans are on top of it and that's the main <laughs> thing but anyway that season Celtic were poor in the league yeah. and then the next season Lennon kind of seemed to go right we're not having that again and I think they, have, they won the league by like 99 points so if Rodgers wants to do likewise then they will just have another season where they're just Focus completely on domestic football, like the Warriors' first season, and then yeah, I think it will, you know, probably actually happen if they come in with that mindset. I think uh, the only thing I'll add is uh, Rob was kind of picking up on there just about the, their mindset. I think that yeah, they'll probably slip up and because I think they'll take Europe more seriously, they'll slip up in domestic games. But when they need to, when they need to say uh, turn up, they've just got this. this Kind of robotic mentality. When they need to turn up domestically, they will, and they'll just kind of just brush teams aside. Yeah. When next moving on, when unite with you, oh, I've completely fucked a lot of that there. It's okay. Let's just pretend, pretend we can be bored editing. <laughs> okay, moving on. With United being out of the top flight, what would constitute success for Dundee? 
Paul McGowan skipping the jail. <laughs> what a season! What a successful season! Aye, again. Um, either uh, for the, the fans to stop booing regularly or to find a left back. <laughs> That's it. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> for the fans to stop booing regularly. I, I can't know what to tell for Dundee this season. They've not. They, I think they need to. I, I think they need to be competitive. They don't necessarily need to make the top six, but they need to be competitive in the running for the top six. Uh, throughout the season and obviously a cup run helps because Dundee's um, cup exploits are an embarrassment and kind of progress or if our fans can see substantial not substantial I think, but progress I think one in of terms the, of me- me- mechanics I think one or the other I think a run at the top six would be a success I think a cup run would be a success as long as they're not one of the three teams that are in a relegation scrap I think everybody expects Hamilton, Livingston and St Martin to struggle mm. this season Dundee for it to be a success, it's, well, it wouldn't really be a success, but for it not to be a failure this season, they can't be one of those teams at the bottom. <coughs> they can't be like last season, but it still looked like a few weeks to go that they, they could finish bottom of the table. And th- there needs to be at least that progression that they're, they're at least fairly comfortable. Other than that, maybe on the park, they can look like life without Glenn Kamara would be fine. Because there wasn't much... Evidence of that last season. There's not been evidence of it much this season in the League Cup. Not that I want to talk about too much because we'll get to that in the Patreon bit where we kind of run mm-hmm. through the the Brentford Cup group stage campaign. But they need to have McCann's system kind of relies on somebody like Kamara and McGowan as well. But when he's not there, it doesn't quite work. So if they can find somebody else to kind of take the bat on when Kamara is, I think a lot of people are expecting. If he doesn't go this summer, he'll go next summer because he's out of contract and he's a very good player. And sorry to say, but very good players don't stick around in the bottom half of the Scottish Premiership for too long, especially if they're very young. And yes, yeah. Okay, moving on. Rob, oh wait, no. Well, you can ask this if you want, but I was nearly skipping ahead there to Hearts. But we're with Hamilton now. I was going to say they're still in the league somehow. <laughs> Hamilton are still here. So, is it realistic for Hamilton to aim for anything other than avoiding relegation this season? No. That's that. I think that's their aim consistently every season because of the budget that they've got and because of the players that they've got and the hands that are tied behind their back. I think that that's always going to be Hamilton's existence in the top fight. Obviously, you had the anomaly under Alex Neil where he took them, you know, took them to the top six for so long. He had them second in the table for a bit, and that was fantastic. But it's been proven to be an anomaly. That was that was a one-off. I think Hamilton have got to their main focus has got to be establishing themselves in the league. And then establishing themselves as a sort of upper top sixteen, uh, bottom sixteen, sorry, and that should be their progression. But I think this season again, it's going to be them, Livingston St Mirren, who are going to be down the bottom. Dundee might tickle their way around there for a wee bit, but I, I think they'll be a bit stronger this year. So yeah, I think Hamilton, you know, realistically they're looking at like a tenth place finish, and that that really I think is their ceiling. It's, it sounds a bit harsh, yeah, but I, I think it's true. I completely agree. That's <clears throat> I think it's always going to be. I think they've even struggled to make that step up from being what they are just now to a kind of recognised um, Premiership team in the upper echelons of the, even if it was the, bo- uh, the bottom six. But it's always going to be a case of survival, just because any can they'll need to be a one-off to have a really good team to do something special, and especially when they're um, they're shopping around um, Norwich's academy, the uh, the fifth, sixth tier of England and Greece, <laughs> the lower the lower echelons of Greece. And the fact that this season they've lost uh, Crawford and Templeton in terms of goals and assists, that's I think I calculated at forty-four over the past three seasons. Hamilton, Which is huge. I think Hamilton, yeah. I think this season they're they're going to struggle a bit in terms of creativity. There's going to be a lack of imagination. 
Do you know what helps? Imagination. Gives you a bit of imagination. I, wait, I can't possibly see where this is going. A wee bit of some fucking quality herb, mate! Yes. <laughs> Light that shit, smoke that shit! <laughs> I have no idea where you're going with that. It's because you've obviously never seeked some imagination, Joe. <laughs> Right, moving on for the police coming. <laughs> the rest is all. Uh, what does Craig Levine need to do to still be Hearts manager into next season? Uh, I think he needs to take Hearts to Hamden. I think. Uh, Let's get a trip to Hamden. Again. I, I Come think, on, I Craig. think Hearts need to get to Hamden, and I think if he gets them to Hamden, then that'll be enough. I think um, the league expectations have dropped so far for Hearts now that we know that we're basically fourth tops mm-hmm. in this next season. I mean, obviously, when it comes to the predictions time, I'm going to be saying that Hearts are finishing second. But the realistic, <laughs> the realistic approach here is fourth at best. I think you're looking at teams like Aberdeen, even though they've not improved, in my opinion, on last year. Uh, Rangers up in there, who knows what they're going to be. And the Hibs are just going to be solid, as they always are. Fourth is the best that Hearts can hope for. So I think in the cup competitions, Hearts need to do better. They need to do better. They've not been at Hamden since they won the cup in 2000. Uh, sorry, they, since they lost the final against St Mirren. Uh, five years ago, five and a half years ago. So it's not good enough for a team like Hearts to miss out on on these big trips. And I think if if Levine, famously not great in cup competitions no. himself as a manager, if he can buck that trend and get Hearts to a semi final, even better final, then I think that will win a lot of the trust back from the Hearts fans. I think um, finishing above Hibs as well. I think Hearts fans don't want to finish below Hibs again. Yeah, especially if McGinn goes as well. Yeah, that's gonna be a. It's not going to be one that Hearts fans are just going to go, oh, well, fair enough, it's they were always the better team in, kind of thing. In terms of where the distance is between Hearts and Aberdeen, Hibs as well, it's hard to tell at the moment because you've seen them again, second half against Cowdenbeef and against Inverness where scored 10 goals and looked very threatening. But then you caveat with Rafe Rovers and the Cove games and it's hard to tell where Hearts are just now. But one thing they've got over probably Hibs and Aberdeen at the moment is depth and a bit more options where they've got a bit more versatility. Um... Other than that, if, if he wins a war, um, that's always goes down, goes down well at Ten Castle. <laughs> Get a statue. <laughs> right, the fickle nation of, uh, fickle nature, should I say, uh, of football fans, I think was summed up by just me, really, on Sunday. Like Before the game, I literally said, if you were to offer me sixth place this season, but I didn't have to, but Hearts didn't have to play any games, I would take that. <laughs> just cancel the season for Hearts and then just place them in in sixth. Yeah. Uh, and then after the game, I was like, no reason we shouldn't challenge Rangers for a second. No reason! <laughs> I've already given us uh, the, uh, the tennis predictions four points from the first two games. We're away in the first game, and uh, I'll hope it's held to move. Yeah, I've given us six points. <laughs> there we go. So, I've given yeah. them three. I think that's fair. Conservative. Uh, considering even last season, they beat Hamilton home and away. To, uh, no, they drew at home, yeah. but they beat them away twice. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I can't see another in the Celtic game. Right, next. What would suit Hibs better? Selling John McGinn for below market value this summer or losing him for free in 12 months' time? Losing him for free. What would be better? But yeah, yeah. I, I think they would be, be better suited just because losing... Okay, that, that means they would have lost two key players for free, key midfielders for free in consecutive summers, but it's probably better than losing both of them at the same time and only getting a, a rubbish fee for one of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm obviously talking about uh, Dylan McGeoch. Watching um, Hibs against Astras, McGinn was so important. Uh, at, at times where it looked like they were about to crumble, he kind of held them together, was driving them forward. I just think he's the type of player that you need proper uh, to be able to justify selling him. 
you need proper money. And they've stuck to their guns, and I'm not sure if uh, it'll look good for Hibs, uh, for, for Hibs fans if they go back, uh, go back on it and sell. I mean, to be fair, over £2 million, which would still be below market value, that's still decent money as well. However, what I will say is that I do agree with you, because Hibs have done this before, where they sold a lot of players for a lot of money. I mean, Scott Brown went for £4.5 million. Overall, that Golden Generation team got them in something like £8 million. And with the exception of East Mains, which is obviously very good to have a good training base. And the Mainsland. And they're the standards, new standards as well. I think. Yeah, that helped as well. Um, but at the end of the day, it kind of it helped build that kind of infrastructure. But they had the point where Hibs were also at their absolute lowest ebb. Because if you're a club like Hibs, or a club like anybody in Scottish football other than Rangers and Celtic, you got a lot of money for a player. There's not really much you can do with it in terms of bringing in other players. Mm-hmm. You still haven't to go in the same market, still has the same kind of gambles. You can't, you can't then start can't spending like £75,000. No, wait, what? <laughs> £750,000, like, on players. So then you're, you know, shifting the odds in your favour. That's just not possible. So I think, I think frankly, although every club in the league, bar Celtic, is, is a selling club, I think, you know, there's a price for any player, they don't need to sell them. And I think Hibs are financially in a decent place right now, and achievements, potential silverware, is more important than money. And I think in the next 12 months, if he stays, great. I think they've got the, the real potential to go and win a League Cup or a Scottish Cup. And going back to what Joe just said about Hearts, we don't really know what Hearts are right now, but if Hearts are a team that are capable of finishing third in the league, then that's a, that's a big thing for Hibs to continue this recent momentum they've had over their rivals. And especially this year, like it looks, they've, already, they've sold more season tickets, I think, to this point, as far as I'm aware. There's not much in it, but they are slightly ahead. They can get a season where they've got higher attendance than Hearts, and they're beating Hearts and they're above hearts in the league. That's huge for kind of the way that this rivalry ain't going in Edinburgh. And everybody, as everybody knows in Edinburgh, they pretend it's not. But we only care about each other. Hearts <laughs> 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 fans only care about me and Hearts fans only care about being Hearts. We can yeah. pretend they're always like, oh, they're beneath us. I don't even care about them. Lies. Bollocks. Aye. It's always been bollocks. Yep. Uh, it's the same with pretty much every rivalry. But So they get McGinn. They, they keep McGinn for the entire season. That's going to help them massively with doing that. Yeah. They lose McGinn. You just don't know. They could bring in other players, but and Alan was somebody that might come back. But do Alan and Stevie Malin work in the midfield? No, no. certainly not as well as uh, McGinn and Malin do at the, at the present. So there's a, there's a lot of uncertainty, and it might just be worth in the absolute long run to just say no. We'll keep McGinn for the end of the season and just let him. And it has to just and plus it, it would be uh, funny to get up somewhere. And, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the, the fact that he'd have to. I think it's I think it's a third of the fee that needs to be, be moved on to some minimum. The, qual- yeah. the quality, sorry, one more thing. The quality of uh, McGinn just now, he would be completely irreplaceable for Hibs. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to afford anyone to bring in no. as a direct replacement who's of the same skill class. And then it would mean that their midfield options are Slivka, fine, Malin, fine, Stephen Whitaker, or Marvin Bartley. Yeah. I thought we'll hope for Marv. Yeah, he's, it's a strange one. He's just kind of fallen, fallen, fallen completely out of it because Whittering against Astras was an absolute abomination. I was tipping him to be a decent centre fielder. Oh, he can't pass with the ball with his left foot. Scary. Right. Will Kenny Miller be the difference that keeps Livingston up as a striker or the reason they go down as a manager? He will be the reason they go down as a manager. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, I think he'll be out he's, quite early on. He is so sure of himself um, as a manager. He's been punting himself about to be a manager for the last like, two years. He's absolutely determined that this is for him. He was trying to do it at Rangers under two other managers. Aye, aye. And the last, the last person who I can remember being that determined to prove themselves as a manager was Ian Cathro. And that didn't exactly end well. I just think that, I don't think Miller, the squad aside, 
Um, I'm, it's, he just doesn't have the experience to have a team of that level in this in this league to keep them up. I just don't think that he's, he's going to have it. I he's think he so will make, he'll make a decent <coughs> difference to them as a player, um, but he's a guy who's used to having better players around him, which is also going to be a challenge. But I just I just don't think... It, it can I, I think right, right now, for me, Livingston are the absolute dead set favourites to go down. He's so desperate. Until someone shows me differently, that's not going to change. And I think Kenny Miller being there, if it's still been David Hopkin, different story. But mm-hmm. the fact that it's Miller is pushing it for me. He's so desperate to be a manager that he's also so desperate to play as well. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, is um, I'm not sure about anyone like him who's so destructive to a team's cohesion on the pitch with his... I mean... It was great. Uh, his it was great actually leading like Livingston fans mourning about it already. Yeah, Kenny Miller's traditional sense is all over the place. Yep, he just runs everywhere. Yeah, so I'm not sure how that can that can help a team coming up from the um, the, the championship, which has had a bit of overhaul because of Hopkins. Uh, Gad Keeplers leave. Um, how him running about like Edler's Chicken is going to help them uh, stay organised uh, on the pitch. I can't wait for the end of season highlights reel, and um, I'm going to get. Get a hold of that, and then just put comedy noises over Scott Robinson and Kenny Miller running into each other in the middle of the park <laughs> constantly. You'll take the half at some point. The way, right, the, the way I'm just kind of looking at it is that Miller, in his last season at Rangers, was no longer the kind of goal scoring threat that he used to be. And I think if you're asking if Kenny Miller's going to keep Livingston up as a as a striker, he's going to have to hit in the double figures. Yeah. And on a team that's not as good as last season's Rangers team, I don't see how that's going to be possible. So. No, yeah. I, one thing I would say is that, like evidence of them, the, 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 I know it's, I know Betfred Cup to some teams is almost like pre-season. It's hard to judge, but Livingston did look better than Hamilton and St. Mum. Hmm. But well, at least, it, sorry, but at least they handled the kind of smaller teams better than they did. I, I, I am looking forward to seeing this. If Livingston, if there's a drastic change in style, if there isn't, if he's still playing quite direct, if he does play as a striker beside Lee Miller. He's never going to be beside Lee Miller when for flick-ons. No. Yeah. He'd, be, he'd be still in, I don't know, right back. That's that, what does that do for Ryan? Ryan, Ryan Hardy, Hardy. Hardy. Yeah. Is Clark good enough that he can be the difference between a top six and a bottom six spot for Kilmarnock? Can I, can I take us back to a text I'm sure we did um, last season? <coughs> and it was, we were doing the manager rankings, I think. Yeah, yeah. That was the... I've had some st- absolute stinkers on this show, but that was my most embarrassing moment, I think, when I think I put Steve Clark in the bottom three uh, of the managers in the Scottish Premiership. Oh, good um, job. When did you do that? that it, wasn't too, what we, it wasn't too long after we, we took over. Craig Anderson will remember, because he remembers everything. Um, yeah, I, I'm just like, oh, I'm not, not sure, uh, Steve Clark. He fairly proved me wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, I... I um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a tough one because the organisation we he's transformed Kelly a second to none. You compare it to the likes of the likes of Dundee. Um, there, there, there's there's no com- there's kind of no contest. But if teams figure out how to play against Commander, because teams will uh, eventually figure out how how to break them down. What's the best way to do it? It's whether they can be Clark and Kamara, the team as a whole, can be reactive to it and. Kind of change the way, change, or I certainly have like have a plan B which Mother will need. Yeah, we, that we were saying last season. I, th- I think it would be, yeah. If, if he is that, if he is certainly as good as he, as he seemed last mm. season, that's 
number six spot is up for grabs. I mean, yeah. they finished fifth last year, so yeah. there's that as well. Hearts need to prove that they're better than them, and like we've said, we're not entirely sure about that. Uh, I think they still need a creative midfielder. If they were to try, and there's been no noise of them doing it, but I think they should try and get Greg Dockery. I think he'd be a, a great replacement for Malumbo. Obviously, nowhere near as good. No, but still kind of giving you somebody who's got a, little bit of, a bit of quality and a bit of power in that midfield area. And I think they certainly need a kind of player like that who's kind of capable of running running through the lines because, well, some of these other boys have got are, are good and work hard and keep their shape and, and tactically are, are very good, especially under Clark. They, they still need that kind of X factor from the middle of the park that they're kind of missing right now. Um, but even still, sixth place is there. And if Clark continues to have them as well drilled as he did last year... I wonder year, if we'll see more of drones through the middle. And as like a, if they play a diamond... Yeah, maybe. central. But yeah, I think in terms of the first 13, 14 players, I think Kilmarnock are completely fine. It's just that, that depth if they get a couple injured. Yeah. Will Stephen Robinson regret doubling down on the kind of. To put. Struggling to think of a better way to put it, the big physical Motherwell strategy? I think um, we'll see a, a regression in Motherwell this year. I don't think they will be as impressive as they were last year. Um, I'd, I'd enjoyed watching Motherwell watch, um, watching Motherwell play last year, but not from the football purists' point of view. They were just sort of this incredible <laughs> unit. Like they were entertaining. There's characters all over the park and stuff like that. And those guys haven't really left. They're still Keepre. They're still McHugh. Curtis Main's still there. You know, there's still guys throughout the team. I just think that naturally they had such well, they had such a great season, getting to two cup finals. Yeah, I think, I, I think that I think that that. That really sort of pushed the, the fans' expectations and the happiness levels up because, you know, like we're saying about Hearts, it's chips to hand in. It brings this automatic feel-good factor that, you know, you've gone to the national stadium and seen your team play. I don't think that'll happen with Motherwell again this year. And I think that just because, um, I mean, various factors, I think there's slightly stronger teams in the league this year. Um, and I just think that they will not be as impressive this year. They'll still be, I mean, safely up the, the sort of higher end of the top six but I just I don't think they will be as impressive or as fun this year that's um, that's probably the key is the talk about the cup runs that's where the main regression will be and I think the league form will just seem like regression even though it might be about the same yeah so what did they finish last year 8th I think it was 8th did St Johnson not take 7th because St Johnson thumped them at uh, Fur Park possibly yeah I can't remember anyway they'll very possibly they'll be about that position again maybe in the same points though, but it'll seem like they've come backwards because I think last season a lot of people went in thinking our mother will serious contenders for relegation turns out they weren't and everybody was very happy about that Yeah. this season it's going to have to be if you're, if you're a football fan if you're a football team standing still then it seems to supporters like regression because supporters always demand improvement Yeah. and I think that's maybe what's going to happen with mother I don't, I don't think I don't really double down on it to be honest I think they've put a lot of their chips back into it and then they've kept a few more and just and with like the signing of Alex Rodriguez um, and I would like to see a bit hopefully a bit more uh, bigger a manner that they have players that can change it a bit as a kind of plan B to, you, to use your roulette analogy they've kind of pushed most of their chips just onto red yeah and then they've taken like one chip and put it on like black 10 because <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the, the green zero. Oh right oh yeah that yeah um but I hope they don't change too much because it's, they've, they've got that identity. They, I was looking at writing about it today that they, there's, there's, there's different... The good thing about the Scottish Premiership, there's, there's so many different kind of styles 
in it. Everyone, the, the, the people, uh, teams play the same formation but play in a different way or play different formations. And it's, it's good to have a team like Motherwell who are kind of old fashioned like that. Which safe pair of hands will Rangers appoint when the Gerrard experiment goes tits up? Kenny Miller. <laughs> safe pair of hands. <laughs> so safe. So hands. Uh, Graham Murray. <laughs> oh, he's still there. Aye, he knows the job inside out. He's still there as the academy coach. Like, it's, he won't have Kenny Miller to deal with. He won't have Kenny Miller to deal with, exactly. We've lost, might even be gone by that time. Christ, who knows? I mean, the possibilities are endless. Um, yeah, it's going to fail, isn't it? I don't. I, th- I, don't, I think I, there's some promising I'm signs already. Yes, the, the biggest promise. Sure. The b- biggest promising sign is that the defence seems like it's been. Uh, well, I wouldn't want to say sorted. It at least looks like it's. It's definitely not. I was. I watched that. <laughs> uh, I watched Osiek. The game. The Osiek game. This I watched the second half last night. And oh my goodness, how they didn't. Uh, how they. How they managed to come away with a one 0 win. McGregor made countless saves. There was blocks off the line. The well, there you go. Was that no part of it? The kind of fixing job, better goalkeeper, defenders who can get there at the last minute. Yeah. That, 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 that's a good and point. Like Bruno Alves, yeah. about fucking half an hour behind the screen. But yeah, okay. They, um, they're still at this moment in time. They're still going to give up chances. Okay, but yeah. I think there is, I think there is enough there for Rangers fans to go right. We're going to make progress, but they need to be realistic in their uh, expectation because there's just not, there's not going to be a massive leap. Yeah. I, I still don't think the going forward it still doesn't quite work for me. There's got all these kind of good pit bits, but it's kind of like last season. I, I still don't get how they all kind of fit together because mm-hmm. uh, like last year they played a lot of like four four two and stuff. And as we know, kind of you really have to have the players to play in a four four two and make it work. And it, it didn't for a large part. And then they kind of changed it about a bit, done a bit more kind of experimental with diamonds, done a bit of kind of four two three one kind of stuff. It never quite done it and I think it's still about the same this year it's like they're still missing a really kind of creative midfielder like I know it's a terrible example because he's one of the best players in the world but like a Christian Eric oh yeah Christian Eric like a Christian Eriksen type like somebody who could kind of unlock the door I, I still don't quite think they have somebody who could do that they've got guys who are talented Murphy Windass but different sorts of players yeah. um, Ryan Kent is an interesting proposition he, I think he has the ability to be I think he's almost kind of Barry Mackay Esque, someone who can pick a pass. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he can be a bit more consistent than Mackay, I just look at Rangers and look at it's like it looks like another patch patch up job just because there's so many loans. Yeah, for for me, I think um, when I said earlier they're going to fail, everything's relative when it comes to Rangers. Yeah, and I think failure for them is no cups and not winning the league. I mm-hmm. mean, no silverware was a failure for them, and I'm just not sure that they will. Get anything this year? I think that the initial signs of Gerard signings, uh, Katic, Goldson, Arfield, McGregor, you know, I was like, right, okay, the strong signings, good signings that can make a difference in this league. And since then, I've just, I've just not been convinced. I've not been sure with the signing policy, even the guys he's brought in, and and the impact they've had at other clubs. I mean, even Ryan Kent was at Oldham. He was at last year, something like that. Uh, Bristol, he was, he was almost in Germany. Then went to Bristol City, but barely played. He barely played any team. Yeah. Um. So wherever he went, he, he wasn't really setting it alight. And it's just, I'm just not sure that they are gonna have that sort of extra bit of knuckle about them that's gonna take them closer to Celtic. If anything, the squad that I'm looking at this year is actually further away from Celtic. Bizarrely, I just I'm just not sure with Celtic's additions and, and the way Celtic are playing as well. And I, I just think that they might end up further away um, than they were the year before. I just 
I'm not fully convinced by it. But then none of us know what Steven Gerrard is like as a manager. He could end up being fantastic. He could be the difference, the guy that's going to take these players who maybe weren't fantastic in other places and make them mm-hmm. go to the next level. We don't know that yet. So it's a lot of unknowns. Um, but I just... It's going, to be, it's going to be prime time. It's going to be a blockbuster. It'll be good. Speaking of prime time, well the nomadic striker and Rob's best mate, Tony Watt, get his career back on track at St. Johnson. I'd like to feel this one, yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to back Rob up and say yes. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think that um, when, when the deal came about, a lot of people were, were making the point, you know, is there a worse made match than Tommy Wright and Tony Watt? Because, you know, they, they I are, certainly would like to see a sitcom involving them too. They are the sort of personalities that would naturally... I think Wright's the exact person that Watt needs. They would naturally clash, but... I, Exactly. It's the same with Danny Swanson. Um, you look at Swanson, he'd sort of dumped a bit of the Warleys uh, in England for a wee bit, came up to St Johnston, completely new player, revitalised, playing in the league that he knows um, that he'd, he'd played in previously, like Tony Watt, and he just gave him this impetus to just go forward and, and be creative. So be that player, be the guy who can who can get the fans off their seats and, and score goals and be that, you know, be that influence on the team. I think that's what Tony Watt needs. I think he needs to be told, like, listen, I mean, I know it hurts like he played basically as a central midfielder. I think it's in Johnston they're going to say, right, you're here to score goals. Get back to doing what you are good at, what you proved when you first came through at Celtic. And just start doing that again. He's got two in the Betfair Cup already. Um, it's promising signs, and St Johnston need that. They've needed that since, you know, O'Halloran and Swanson left. They've not had that cutting edge, and David McMillan as well looks... Like he could be a bit of a difference maker. I think Wright is the manager to get Tony Watt out of his own head, if that makes sense. So I think there's when you listen to Watt's interview with Simon Ferry for Open Goal, we did a while back, which was fantastic. You could see you you could just hear how Tony Watt gets in his own head, and if Wright takes that pressure from him and gives him just a bit, allows him to play just with a bit more kind of freedom or just just kind of serenity. I think, I think, I think the environment is in Johnson itself yeah. would help that as well. The fact that he's not in a team where if you have play for two or three bad games in a row, you know you're definitely going to be out of the team mm, and kind yeah. of heaps more pressure on you. And so Johnson, if he does that, they kind of they have added a bit now. They've got they've got Dre Wright who's looked decent enough in, in the League Cup and uh, Matt Kennedy, I think, as uh, a promising start as well. So there is a bit more creativity there. But they do know that up front they are kind of lacking somebody with his natural ability. Yeah. So it's going to take a lot for Wright to take him out of the team and just having that comfort that he knows he can play poorly. Because what's all about kind of trying stuff as well? He like even though he was end up being too deep at heart, he still likes to drop deep himself and, and kind of take the ball and run at players. Yeah. And you need to kind of I think have that knowledge that if you do it and you're going to mess up, then you can get the ball and do it again without having fear that you're going to get hooked off. Yeah. And he will have more of that. He'll have a longer leash at St. Johnson. I think that'll help. Um, a longer leash and a shorter leash. Yeah. Kind of like shorter leash will be off the park for right, <laughs> saying right, you fucking stick in every day at training and that, but a longer leash while he's actually playing. Another another you know, comparison you can use for the O'Halloran and Swanson, I know like, I'd mention this every time I talk about St Johnson, but it's so true. You know They were able to build attacks around these boys and, and get players in to facilitate their skill set. Mm-hmm. But also, you look at O'Halloran at Rangers, you look at Swanson at Harps and Hibs, the decision-making of those players changed completely when they came under new management, when they were playing in a new system. Tommy Wright knows how to get his forward players making good decisions, making positive decisions in the final third. And I think that's what Tony Watt lacked at Hearts, um, was the ability to know when to pass, when to shoot. And I think that's something that will change under Tommy Wright because he's proven them doing it before. Right, final one. Have St. Have St. Johnson St. Mirren. Have St. Mirren been promoted before they're ready? 
No, no. I mean, they, they were ready. They were the best team in the championship by a distance. And and that's that's how you can gauge yeah. how, they, how they go up. I, I think I'm, going to say, I'm going to say no to this question, but I kind of see what it's getting at because they have since then lost the best player and the manager. Yeah, and their top goal scorer. So I wonder if it was maybe a case of too much too soon kind of thing. And without those players having without those players and the manager being able to stick around, might that then bite them? Whereas if had they they got pro they, they, <laughs> it's like it's like one of those words, he's hit it too well. They got they got promoted too well. Yeah. They got promoted too well to the point where I think a lot of people thought they were maybe going to be a bit more comfortable than the to begin with, I think mm. a lot of people thought so men should be fine, especially yeah, yeah. with Levinson in the league, Hamilton as well. And now you've kind of looked at some of some of the results in the Betfred Cup, well two of the results, Dunmore against Kilmarnock and won 6-0 in the last game, but two of the results weren't great against low league opponents. People were kind of underwhelmed by a few of the sign-ins. I'm not sure what Stubbs is going to be like in the top flight, because he's not managed there before. So there's now a lot of questions, and then now everybody's now throwing them in with Hamilton and Livingston. But at least that's going to give them a fighting chance of finishing 10th, and 10th fight. Yeah, I think if, if any of the two teams that were promoted have got promoted too soon, it's Livingston. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <clears throat> but St Mirren, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure you can say they got promoted too soon, but I think you can say the quality and the standard of the league that they're coming into is slightly too high for them just now. And that's not to say they weren't promoted too soon, it's, it's just what it is and where they're at. And obviously, the unfortunate losing of Jack Ross... Gavin Riley not well, getting his contract offer renaged on him, uh, which is a bit of a weird one because he scored so many important goals for him last year. And just trying to f- plug those gaps when you're going into a promotion season isn't ideal preparation. I think, and I th- also think the McGinn saga, I don't think it's, it's obviously kind of overshadowing Hibs start of the season, but it's hurting St Mirren more because I think they're being kind of relying on McGinn going to get money because Stubbs has talked, he talked about it before the Kelly game that, oh, he's got two or three players lined up, like two really, he was talking about really good players yeah. lined up to come in. And Greg Stewart might be one of them. Uh, he apparently has been doing really well in pre-season. Well, I've seen him show up pushing in. Right back I've heard that there's been some rumblings behind the scenes at, uh, with, at some women as well. And stuff, so It'll be interesting one to see. Okay, Premiership predictions. League winners. <laughs> come on now. Right. Celtic. Yeah. Non-Celtic Cup winner, if there is one. Aberdeen. Nah, crap it. I can't with Hearts. Yeah, I'm going to go Hearts as well. Just because Hearts have had that terrible draw the last few years, that they're going to get a draw this year when it's like nonsense all the way to the final. <laughs> and then the other team could get a man sent off and right. win on penalties or something. Uh, top goal scorer? Odson Edward. So can I just time this because the three Celtic guys are all going to take goals away from each other but there's nobody else in the league I'm really looking at I'm going to go Flo Camberi I'm going to go Uchi Piazzo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah. seriously Uchi it's uh, it's frightening watching him it is it's it really is I, I think I mean it's not a deadly serious suggestion because fuck knows how he's going to do it in actual league games uh, I really like the suggestion of Camberi. Um I think if you look at the the stats surrounding him. Uh, <laughs> obviously, he scored probably more than he was really allowed to last year, if you look at the stats. But I think like his expected goals and you know his chances, his conversion rates, all that kind of stuff, it points to another very productive season. He's already scored and loads. He's a penalty in, taker as well. He's a penalty taker. He's already scored loads in, uh, um, in Europe. He got a hat-trick. He scored another couple, I think. Um, yeah, I, I think that, like you say, the Celtic guys are going to take goals away from each other. I still think odds on is... Odds on. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, Camberry, um, out of the rest of them, I think is a, a really good shout. Player of the year? Odson Edward. I'm going to go for Olivier and Cham. I think this is the time for him. We saw it in games last year where he completely dominated the midfield, but as I've said before, there were other matches where he just go invisible. I think this year you're going to see a lot less of those invisible games, a lot more of him just dominating everything. And it's a... He's had that season to feel his way in. I know he's still a young player, but it's kind of like, it's almost like even after 12 months, it's about time. You're, you're clearly yeah. so talented that it's about time you show that you are the best player his, in this league. His goal against Rosenberg was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I still don't know how, he's, how he managed to do it. Because he's really good at football. I would just, uh, <laughs> I'd like to make Tom Rogic, but he's just going to get injured right. for like three months in and October or something. The thing is with uh, Celtic, it looks like they're, they're going to be playing a... Uh, three five two going forward to get Edward and Dembele both yeah. on the pitch, and it looks like the starting midfield is McGregor, Brown, Cham. Okay, yeah. Rob, uh, Callum McGregor, for me, I really, really, really like Callum McGregor. I think he's fantastic, and I think you know the way that you saw um, James Forrest get a nomination last year. Uh, that was for his goal scoring exploits as well as anything else. I just think McGregor's the next, and I think yeah. I, I, he has such a positive influence on that Celtic team that's that's kind of undermined by people saying like, "Oh, Scott Brown when he's taken out, that's that you know stops Celtic ticking." I think McGregor is such an important part of that team, and he's going to get recognised more and more now. He's getting more and more recognition for Scotland. I mean, he's basically you know in the starting lineup now as well. I just think he's going to keep kicking on. I love Encham. I think he is probably the favourite, but for me, just just McGregor. just on McGregor, I, I agree completely agree with what you said. It's 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 one of those where. After a while, where you see Celtic players like, oh yeah, fant- yeah fantastic, and you kind of just expect them to be really good, uh, really good if they put on a great performance. Like that's that, that's good. That's kind of expectation, especially domestically. But McGregor, every time he plays, even when he plays well, you're thinking he still makes you. It just kind of still surprises you with what he what yeah. he does. Yeah. One thing just before say on say Edward, um, I've been really impressed with him in Europe this season, even with them barely injured. I think he's got more potential in the belly. I think he's got. There's more to his game. There was a, a piece on what was, it, what was it again? Was it Le Monde? It was a French um, publication. It might have just been like Keep, to be honest with you. Um, but they were going through, um, you know, the next generations of French players, and Edouard in their starting lineup was ahead of Dembélé. Yeah. They were they were all saying like you know this, this he is the kept um, and he they was... were all rating him higher and saying you know even though Dembele was was nominated for various awards yeah. you know he has been the uh, the sweetheart of the France under twenty one teams he's been courted by teams like Marseille but they all seem to think that Edward's the guy and on this very small amount of evidence from from the European games you have to say that it's, he's looking fantastic for the French youth teams as well he kept out in Bappy yeah he's taller and quicker. It's all quicker. It's something you can't learn. The he, can, no. he can learn to kind of have more of the technique and have more of the ability to kind of back into players and realize how to use his body like Dembele can. He's already started. But Dembele can't learn how to be taller and quicker. And, and uh, Edward, he moves. He can drift out. He can run in behind. He can drift out and uh, kind of drag defenders and kind of dribble at defenders. He's good. He's really good. That I hadn't noticed until watching him in Europe how good he is at taking the ball in. And manage like sometimes you see my uh, strikers take the ball in, act as a focal point, and they lay it back off or shift it wide. He's good actually getting the ball and turning. Yeah, as well. Yeah, much like Richie Piazza. And much like <laughs> <laughs> young player of the year. Hudson Edward. Hudson Edward. Kim Tierney. Four years in a row. Four years <laughs> in the bounce. Nah, he's going to go to Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> Get young for the year there. <laughs> Manager of the year. Uh, 
Yeah, it's kind of hard. I'm not sense. really expecting anybody to kind of make that leap that Kamarnock did last year. Yeah. And even who got Manju last year? Was it Clark? He got one. It's several. I think he got one of them. Yeah, I can't remember. There was a few different ones. I, I tipped Robinson last year. Did Jack Ross not get one? Jack Ross got one, yeah. Yeah, what was that about? That's got friends in the media. He did it pretty well, to be fair. <laughs> 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 but it's not like I think I made this point last season. It's not the season. Some were like favoured to finish like fourth. It was kind of, it was uh, kind of like people almost took his stuff for the season before. But it's supposed to be of the season. It's supposed to be like condensed into one bit. Right, so they're a tip over the manager of the season and a half. So they're a tip to finish fourth, and they finished first by twenty-two points. Right, but I'd say Kamarnock to go down when Clark took over and finished fifth. I think that's better. <laughs> Where's your silverware for fashion? <laughs> I am going to go against anything that I said previously about Hamilton and go for a left field with Martin Canning. <laughs> okay. Before getting them in the top six. <laughs> Jesus fuck. Um, I'm just going to go Rogers. It's a boring pick, but because it's nobody else that really stands out, I mean, who even would get it? What would need to happen? Somebody, Hearts finishing second for Levine? Aberdeen finishing second for McInnes, maybe getting to another cup final. The problem is, is that it's chosen before the Scottish Cup final. So ah, and they've, all, they've all done well last season yeah. as well. So there's kind of, what can you do on top of that? I think uh, for, for McInnes, he has to win a trophy. I think finishing second isn't enough to get him man of the year. Yeah. Because that's expected of them now. They've done it for the last four years. That's expected. That's where it should be. And I think it'll be... Can you the Rangers? They, 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 if, you, if they finish second, it's like, all right, well done, you've got the, you spent a lot of money, but... Second biggest budget. I think if anyone wins a trophy out with a Celtic, it'll be then. Whoever that is, um, if, if someone wins the League Cup, for example, then yeah, give it to them. But first, I think it's going to be Rogers. First manager to leave. Alan Stubbs. Seconded. I'm going to go for Craig Levine. Hearts don't even have to be that bad, and they can still be like sixth by about October, November. And that would be that would be a lot, a lot of revolting starts. Look at the scenario. And look at the, the makeup of Hearts. Craig Levine's there for the season. Regardless of what happens, Craig Levine will be there until this time next year, and then maybe he'll punt himself back up the stairs. But <laughs> Craig, Craig Levine will be at Hearts for the entirety of the 2018 19 season, barring fucking illness or something. Like, Craig Levine will be um, at Hearts when the world ends. Next year. <laughs> this time next year. Okay, we're going to have to do this very quickly because we're already running over of our new time. Um, yes. So a Terrace 11, so we usually just pick one between us, but I'm going to get you two guys to read out your teams and then I'm going to pick <laughs> the best one. Yes. <laughs> right, on you go, Joel. Off you pop. Right, this, this, this was done hastily. Joel Lewis in goals. Okay. Solid. I like it. Um, Craig Halkett. Okay. Livingston, yeah. centre-back. Are we going to use a Livingston player? I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, Connor Goldson He's been very impressive yep, yep. Uh, Since signing Cedric Keepery Who doesn't want Keepery in their oh, team I like this back three Yeah big fan uh, Right Ready to be annoyed <laughs> So right I've, I've got for a few five two. Right wing back James Forrest fine, yeah. Yeah. Um, Stephen McGinn St Mirren The most influential player Yep Yeah Yeah mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Paul McGowan <laughs> Dundee is. I don't know why I didn't go for Glenn Kamara here. Really yeah. don't know why. Yeah. Um, I chose David Wotherspoon because Tony. <laughs> sorry, Tony, should have went for Tony. Uh, Tony Watt. Um, Tommy Wright has has changed position and he's tipped him to score t- uh, double figures this season. Is he not like playing in the sitting role? 
I thought he was playing as uh, more of a kind of box to box attacking midfielder. Yeah, he played in the Citadel again in the last game. Okay. Well, well, why, is, well, why, is, why is Tommy Wright saying he's going to get kind of he could get double figure goals? Because they're winning. They're finally winning more free kicks. <laughs> Canadian international David Robertson. Left left wing back to balance out James Forrest's attacking instincts on the right. Greg Taylor from Kilmarnock. Okay. Yeah, don't hate it. Um, oh my strike force! This is this is where they win games. It's just absolute chaos. Flo Camberry and Uchik Piazza. That, that is a good trick for that is that's a lot of running over people yeah um, that's just, just, bo- just taking bodies however my manager is Martin Cannon so <laughs> is that why you tipped him for manager <laughs> yeah <laughs> this, is, this is at least Martin Cannon team ever I'm just thinking about that midfield three McGowan's a wee bit of a, a, wee bit of a bastard but um, well, he's, he's, he's got three guys that won the ball all the time Cannon would have know what to do with that well, Cannon's had his ball players. You've had your time, bro. So, despite me just saying he will be the first manager to leave, Alan Stubbs is, uh, <laughs> is in the dugout for my team. Uh, in goals, I've got Trevor Carson. Okay. Uh, yeah. World class saves from him. Yep. Uh, right back, I have James Tavernier. Okay. Uh, Centre backs are two lefties, but Scott McKenna and Christoph Berra. No one's getting through that, and it's not going to be a footballing team. Uh, and left back is Kieran Tierney. Hell I mean, you need, you need those rocks with Tavernier just posting missing all the time up the other end of the park. Of course. Um, and it's a 4 3 3 I'm going for. So, okay. three in the midfield. I've got uh, John McGinn. I've got Glenn Kamara. And I've got Craig Sibbald. Uh, which actually think it strikes a nice wee balance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh Chris, what a laugh we've got up front. So I've got Hamilton, Kelly and St Johnston as my three strikers. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you Hamilton's last. <laughs> so I've got Chris Boyd, uh, I've got uh, Anthony Tony Watt, and I've got Rakish Bingham. Uh, so you've got pace, you've got finesse, and you've got a fat guy. <laughs> up front and that's the famous right. the famous mixture of three up front right um, uh, I'm happy with my team it's actually it's not as not as far away as I thought it was when you just kind of talked about them beforehand I really like Rob's defence obviously uh, but there, there is not hugely big on that strike but <laughs> that front three I think they'd score for fun mate I really like Joe's strike, strike too I think that is absolute chaos factor right there however Joe had the heinous crime of picking some other Dundee player above Glenn Kamara I don't know what and, I'm thinking and, so, and of all those players it was Paul McGinnon so I'm going so to give it to Rob yeah. I do like Paul McGinnon though I think he's a really good player yes uh, but he's not Glenn Kamara does that mean I'm the team of the year <laughs> yes fantastic what a start Right, that's it. We've had uh, eight minutes, nine minutes over. Um, oh, just get the hang of us. Cut them down in future. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can do so. Twitter, Facebook, the uh, email address is terracepodcast.gmail.com and you can check out the website even though nothing's going up in month. Hopefully we'll be fixing all that soon. Yes. So anyway, Rob, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Joe. Cheerio. <laughs> I'm Craig Fowler. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Goodbye. I said that really creepily. It always do. Sports Social Podcast Network.